Did you know that 85% of your engine wear occurs at startup? Yes, that is correct. And this is where Lower the Friction comes in by putting a protective, lubricating barrier on all moving parts. This now gives you full-time protection to make your engine last longer, run smoother, give you better performance, and improve fuel economy. People across the country are reporting some very exciting results. 
Go to LowerTheFriction.com, place your order, and enter in promo code SOS to get 5% off of your order. That's LowerTheFriction.com. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the weekly Secrets of Saturn live stream. I am Jason Lindgren, your host. This week, with me is Wayne McCroy and the great Baldini. No other uh, extras this week. I didn't really think of anyone who might fit this topic. And uh, this week, we are going to be doing another document that Wayne McCroy has searched around in his catacombs and pulled off the shelf, shaken off the dust, spilled some coffee on it, and sent it on over and said, I want to do this. And it is called... <laughs> that's exactly how it went, actually. Yeah, Act, yeah, that's pretty much how it is. I spill coffee on everything, and then I'm like, "Hey, what the hell is this thing?" <laughs> then I look at it and read. At least, it. at least it wasn't my delicious coffee you spilled. I'd hate to waste it. No, I hate to waste any coffee, really. But that's that's that's, that's, that's right. Maybe decaf and instant I can live with. Oh, yeah, decaf, decaf coffee. Not really coffee. Mm. That's like non-alcoholic tequila. There's no. <laughs> <point>. <laughs> It's no good to me. No, you're dead to me. So this week we are going to do a, another document that does a lot with transhumanism, and it's called Converging Technologies for Improving Human Performance. So right off the bat, hmm, you hear some interesting stuff. Hmm. Uh, Wayne, do you have a link for this that I can drop in the DLive and YouTube streams for everybody so that they can start off right off the bat seeing what we notice, and that's the lovely little vector symbol right in the top front page here now oh you gotta love them vector symbols exactly they, they, they man they just they speak the language and we can speak a little bit we can we have to squint but i think we got we got some of it <laughs> uh by the way uh how is the sound and all that stuff in the chat room if you could answer please i have stopped having bandwidth issues buddha be praised Yay. rub the jolly well, fat man stink while we're waiting for them, uh, what happened? Tell me about that guitar, man. What, what is going oh, on there? Oh, oh my God! I, I, I have been wondering how loyal the listeners are, and if I needed to rally the troops to uh, make a big stink about some horrible things that have happened to us. They uh, would. I would. That that was. I was shocked, dude. When, you you have Rose no idea the me. nonsense we've been going through. We've just been keeping quiet about it because I'm trying to deal with it in a civil manner. Not a civil court yet, but a civil manner. But anyway, the, maybe, the, maybe the, you ought to. Well, if we go if we go that route, it's going to be civil and criminal. But yeah. what happened was we had hired a contractor to do wheelchair modifications for the new home we bought, which is why we bought it, so that Rose can have complete accessibility. And this guy ripped our house apart, took the money, and ran. And will not call anyone back, including his own mother now, who we've been in touch with because we found out she's Whoa. part of the company and she's quite appalled and crow is calling me while i'm on the air shall i do it in live time (laughs) (laughs) you guys talk a minute i'm gonna mute out and see what he needs okay the bird call yeah so um secret top secret bird phone yeah exactly (laughs) yeah rose told me flashing red phone yeah rose told me uh just briefly about this during the poppycock reporter just before i was like what is going on uh and it apparently not just um not just took a, a substantial amount of money and then tore the place up and ran, uh, but uh, took off with some of his gear too, including his favorite guitar. Uh, so that is not. That's a, it's a scuzz right there. Yeah. So. 
so in addition to the uh, to the primary um, document that, that Wayne pulled up, there's a secondary document that we'll also uh, be kind of looking at if we get a chance uh, to look at it, the beginning to conceptualize the, uh, the human cognome project. Uh, and this goes uh, immediately into um, weaponizing humans, increasing using transhumanism uh, to increase them for um, – defense and uh, warlike capabilities. So very, very interesting stuff. And again, that goes all the way back to 2002, just a short 18 years ago. Uh, so this is uh, confirmation as, as we yes. always. Yes. I think Jason's microphone is muted, but uh, we can no, still hear No, he's still him. hot. Uh, no, he, I can still is hear Is he still hot? Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yes. All right. Hey. So we can um, still hear Jason, but nobody else can. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> oh, the secret conversation going on right now. Yes, yeah. it's all about Jason's hair. That's what it's about. Just so it is uh, gravy Jesus. Looks yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it's um, but anyway, yeah, it's it's interesting and it's confirmation that as we often have pointed out, um, that many times whenever they uh, they don't tip their hand about uh, coming or future technologies that they might uh, say, oh, there's a there's a we might be able to do this or there's a future technology. By the time they have released that information, it's already a couple of decades or more uh, well into um, well into uh, deployment. So. All right. Uh, the, and these things. And that's exactly what we see. Yeah, that's exactly what we see with this document we're covering tonight. This is back from 2002, and it's talking about technologies that people have just now, within the past two, three years, uh, become aware that even exists, first of all, let alone, you know, uh, familiar enough with it to understand what is uh, being talked about in this document with it. So uh, you got to figure this is about 20 years ago. They've been planning the use of this stuff. So. That's what this is going to be about. Okay. Yep. So just oh, to finish saw, up, uh, else, in, yeah, go ahead. Here go we ahead. go. Uh, Crow's joining us, by the way. I decided right. him in. Uh, just to finish up, I was saying, not only did this guy rip us off for all that money, but he, uh, he walked off of several things out of uh, out of when I was mo in the process of moving. Um, two guitars, a piece of my Bose PA system, and my Fender Blues Junior amp are all missing. Oh. Now I can live with everything, you know. When someone takes the guitar that you traveled the country with, recorded your albums with, played all your shows with, that hurts. I can't just go – I can go buy another Les Paul. I cannot replace that Les Paul. So anyway. That's like your woman. Yeah, that's when they take your axe. It's kind of like your, your woman. I've had that thing since the that's 90s. Not, not good. I've had that since I was in my early 20s. Like that. That is my – if every object I ever owned disappeared and I still had that guitar, I'd be good. Not the other way around. That, that, that hurt. That hurt really bad when I realized yeah. it was missing. But anyway, um, Crow's joining us, so there we go. Welcome, Crow. Hey, guys. What's um, the good word? Oh, yeah, me and Jason been at a dead run. Um, we're putting out an episode tomorrow. <laughs> It'll be interesting, to say the least. To say the least. We can take a moment and talk about that if you want, Crow, just to kind of give everybody uh, the heads up there. Well, we, we got this Baldini here, right? I am here. Yeah. Okay, good. So Wayne and Baldini. So this is what I'm hearing. I think we can deduce that the Queen of England is gone. Besides the fact that she announced she was stepping down and handed it off and the 
the red-headed one there that's clearly not related to them leaving the royal family. Mm -hmm. uh, Federal Reserve appears to be gone. The government we had appears to be gone. Um, the debt clock is running backwards for the first time in my life. And uh, from two other sources, uh, I'm hearing that there's a real chance we're going to come out better than we were, uh, which would be a hell of a thing, because <laughs> I don't know of a generation in history that can say that. Um, so we covered these things, but uh, I haven't had a chance to vet any of the news, but I also heard, maybe you guys know, uh, that the Supreme Court just slapped the uh, Electoral College and politicians. Saw that. Yeah, I uh, saw that. I yep. saw that as well, yeah. So that's another thing where all of a sudden politicians can be jailed or worse for breaking the law as if that wasn't always supposed to be a law. But I think it's safe to say um, when the fat lady sings, she might be one of us. Yeah, I, I, I would well, welcome it. So. I, I would welcome it if that's if that's the truth. I'm, you know, me. I'm always skeptical uh, of them, you know, putting out uh, good news followed by bad news. But um, I, I would love to see it. Would love to see it. Well, we uh, we got a show tomorrow that'll make your head spin. Um, well, you know, I'll be listening. <laughs> it's uh, always it, good stuff, Crow. Always, it, always jaw dropping. That's for sure. Well, it was a this rough one was one. interesting to uh, say the least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my crowbar was useless um, <laughs> during this this record, which is okay. It's a lot of information, um, but as I tried to vet it out and challenge a few things. I started to think, crap, man, I'm going to be able to rip a hole in this. Um, but I can't totally rip a hole in it. Um, we started to talk about the book Communion, and I thought, oh, crap, this is where it's falling apart. Alien Grays, you know, sodomized someone. Um, and, and I was thinking, here it goes. Whole show's going to hell in a handbasket. But then she rightly pointed out uh, those were CIA operations if anyone was getting snatched. Um, so it didn't fall apart there. There was another part, Jason. You remember where else it was going to fall apart? Oh, um, the alien thing. Trying to trying to pin the uh, beer bug. Uh, the claim being made that the first time the words are uttered in this country is on February 28th in Ohio. I think it is. Mm -hmm. I'm saying okay. Uh, now now make it now draw the line back to December when China starts spouting off, and I'm thinking crap. Everything's going to fall apart right here. Um, then it turns out papers were filed November, the the month before China started squawking very loudly. Right. Um, so you'll just have to see. It is so much information as to be the the definition of information overload. If the law thing interests you, you're probably almost certainly going to have to listen to it multiple times. Uh, this person knows how to pontificate, to say the least. Uh, I'm pretty Six. sure she had three soapboxes underneath her. Like she, she's good <laughs> as far as speaking. Dude, I, I think I think she holds title on the soapbox corporation now. Um, Baldini, she the, made you look Reserve. like a three-year-old learning his first words. She could go on and on and on and on. And Crow and I were just like crowbar, please. It didn't matter. You'll, you'll see. There's a couple times where I apply the crowbar, and it's like, it almost okay. didn't work. <laughs> You know, Wayne tries that with me sometimes, and it just doesn't. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that, that never seems to work, man. <laughs> That's okay. We have our support group. It's called On and On and On. <laughs> on and On and On. I think, I think we're going to be friends of those that talk too much. 
So anyway, that's that. You guys will have to let us know. Now, when Crow and I do our live stream on Sunday, hopefully enough people will have heard the show that we can discuss it and see what folks think because it's it's a lot to digest, man. And if everyone seems to think it flies, then we'll probably do more with her. We just have to get her to uh, to be able to have a dialogue more, not 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 a monologue, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, size chunks, yeah. The other thing was, as you know, how I tried to there, – there's certain ways you can vet things – uh, with language where you're pretty sure um, that it's got a leg to stand on. How many people know where, you know, we say idioms like, uh, I got off scot-free. Does anyone know where that came from? Well, you're about to hear the tale tomorrow. <laughs> and as she's saying it, I'm, I'm sitting here going, holy crap, um, this this isn't, what I'm listening to here is not wrong. Um, but, I mean, it gets into what crown was on top, the crowns of Egypt, the false crown of the... I mean, it, it's staggering, to say the least. So that's that. We'll take that uh, as it comes. <clears throat> how, how did you like the, the name on the episode image, Jason? <laughs> did, you see, did you see how I made the name so we couldn't get algorithmed? You know, let me look at it again. I just put it up on Twitter. Oh, that's right. You used, yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's two, cute. Two thirty-three, yeah. and so I don't I don't actually drop the name of the person until the second hour, um, per se. All right. So tonight, as we said, we're going to be doing the converging technologies for improving human performance. Crow, would you like a copy of the document? Um, say that. What what is the document again? Converging technologies for improving human performance, and this is from June of two thousand two. You know what? I'll, I'll just wing it for a while here, and I'll probably punch out a little early because i got to get up and make all this happen. All right, so National Science Foundation, Department of Commerce. The National Science Foundation and the Department of Commerce organized a workshop on December 3rd through 4th, 2001. This report incorporates the views expressed at the workshop of leading experts from government, academia, and private sector, and detailed in contributions submitted thereafter by members of the U.S. science and engineering community. So what did they just admit right there? The military-industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Anyone want to disagree with me there? <laughs> nope. All right, so getting nope, down here. that's a great takeaway. Right. I mean, it just shows you right there. This is what they do. They're all in bed with each other. Let me get down to... Okay. The integration and synergy of the four technologies, the four technologies being nano, bio, info, and cogno, originate from the nanoscale where the building blocks of matter are established. This picture symbolizes the confluence of technologies and now offers the promise of improving human lives in many ways and the realignment of traditional disciplinary boundaries that will be needed to realize this potential. New and more direct pathways towards human goals are envisioned in working habits, in economic activity, and in the humanities. Yeah, they really care about us. And anyway, this is the NBIC arrow, which again looks like a vector. And uh, anybody want to take the vector thing real quick here? But you just you're, you're going to see that in uh, every uh, single quote space agency right. uh, that's out there, and you know people. Go, Why would they lie? How how could they all be in it together? Uh, just take a look. Every single agency, nearly uh, all of them. the country, nearly all of them. Let's be yeah, fair. pretty much, pretty much all of them. I think that, one or two uh, don't, but, but no, they all they almost all do use it, which is like, huh? Didn't come up with your own design. 
Yeah, and if you right. uh, if you question NASA about their use of it, they they say it's a throwback to a uh, to to a, a Delta winged aircraft. But then why why would um, JAXA or why would um, ESA or any of the others use it uh, if it's supposed to be going back to that specific thing? No, the Delta symbology has been used in um, you know again uh, Luciferian stuff for a very long time, and it specifically uh, points out <clears throat> the that you know uh, that entity if you will uh, pays homage so uh, the fact that they're using it is completely unsurprising i almost had a heart attack from lack of surprise <laughs> crow you got anything right. you want to say about the vector symbol um this is no, something we covered way actually, back when i think in our space fraud series it's there's so much to it um and i'm noticing uh kind of alternate uses that seems to kind of aim at the culture that's most likely to see it. Um, you know, there's a funny thing about that. Have you seen all these people trying to make it the snake tongue? Yeah, I don't buy yeah. that. Yeah, I'm not, I was going to say, um, I don't think there's any there there. I don't, I don't either. I think it's a I see it's a why they want version. to know. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you can, it's a lot of license, you know, artistic license with it, uh, but it, it is a stylized version of the vector symbol, but it is the vector symbol. The vector symbol has its own own meaning. It's the pyramid, um, you know, but done in a kind of a different way, but it still indicates the, the same thing. It's pointing to that uh, specific pyramidal uh, process and the ownership thereof for hmm. that time immemorial, and insofar as I can tell. Well, it's weird, too, because in our language, that would be V, which would be the master builder number, right? That would be 22. Mm -hmm. um, so that's almost certainly in your face. But quite often, uh, the point is down, right? Is that correct? And in, in most usages, the point of the vector or the V is down? In, in most usages that I've seen, the point is either um, almost directly up or at about 2 o'clock. It's, oh, it's odd. Okay. Yeah. So it, yeah, with NASA, it's side to side. That's a masculine idea, then. Mm-hmm. By the way, they actually and used it again. If, any, if you've ever seen the last Star Trek show made called Star Trek Enterprise, their symbol also looks greatly like that, like a, like a takeoff of NASA's. Right, that whole vector symbol, it all points back to geometry once again. It's the uh, that specific shape, a triangle that with those specific mm -hmm. angles. That's what it, it harkens back to, and it does uh, represent the pyramid as well, especially like in this rendering that we have here on this document. You can see it, the three-dimensional look that it has to it. It represents the pyramid. Oh, so, uh, yeah, it, it harkens back to uh, those uh, specific geometries again and the angles that that uh, triangle represents. So you see this vector all over the place, especially with the space agencies. And, uh, you know, it's not a coincidence that they're using it here because these are what they would consider the space age technologies. Uh, these are the kind of things that they were talking about, uh, you know, way back when this whole quote-unquote space race first started. Uh, these are the kinds of technologies that they were envisioning back then in the late 40s and uh, early 50s when they first started uh, working towards these ideas, this whole space age kind of concept. So this all, once again, is one of those things where it's all interconnected at the topmost uh, levels. So sure. we see and it's, it's no mistake. These, that... Yeah. Go, go ahead. It's no mistake that, I'm sorry, I was just going to say, you could see how they're using the synergistic working of these four different technology fields to try to... Uh, bring things into fruition here and uh, we'll see later on as we get down further into the document here how it talks about uh, uh, 
the Renaissance period and back to the, the science of the Greeks and Romans and how certain things have been lost through time, uh, notably the interconnectedness of these different scientific fields and art. And they're talking about art as well and how these things go together. So you see what they're doing is they're, they're laying down the foundation here to talking about what we would call today cybernetics as a science. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like the, the systems control perspective of controlling whole systems or looking at things in a synergistic way rather than uh, looking at different specialized views of things. And it talks about that in this document, how our modern sciences, you've, bec- you've become specialized in one field rather than uh, having broad knowledge in all these fields to try to work them together. Mm-hmm. And it seeks to actually reverse this trend now in these technologies that it's talking about and this was written almost 20 years ago and we yeah. can see this stuff happening today so on a need, I'll on stop a need to know basis on a need to know basis of course because uh, again when you start doing cross discipline it begins to open up those fields but um, i was going to say earlier with the vector symbology it's it's again um, no mistake that uh, the new uh, quote space force um, you know branch of the military looks all, almost indistinguishable from uh, star trek logo uh, Space you know, the, yeah, <laughs> the Federation. Uh, I was just going to mention again, throughout this document, you're going to, uh, they use the, uh, the acronym NBIC, that's not NBC, but NBIC fairly frequently. And again, keep in mind that that stands for nanobioinfocogno. Uh, so they're going to try to put all those uh, four categories together. So just going to keep that in mind when you hear Jason read that NBIC, it's nanobioinfocogno. I, I just realized I hadn't looked at this logo in so long, and I just was doing the number studies through Kabbalah and everything. Um, first of all, of course, the Saturn, the binding Saturn principle is there with the ring they've put around everything. But I didn't really realize before, the ring is surrounding the A and the S. So basically what they've done here is they've done a mirroring code of 9-11. S is the 19th number. So the A inside the ring of Saturn precedes it would be one one nine and then there's an a after so it would be one one nine one um so they're doing the mirroring idea of 9-11 in this as well and uh, i had not noticed because i haven't looked at this in so long we can identify the constellations at the top of the uh at the top of the saturnian ring uh straight above the a the first day in nasa is the semblance of orion's belt which makes the bright star in the logo off to the right Probably, unless they've mirrored it, it's either going to be Sirius, which would make sense, but I would guess Aldebaran, um, but I would have to look more closely. Probably you can identify all the big stars that are twinkly looking in this logo. Never really looked at it that carefully before. All right, moving on in this document. In the early decades of the 21st century, concentrated efforts can unify science based on the unity of nature, thereby advancing the combination of nanotechnology, biotechnology, information technology, and new technologies based in cognitive science. And again, that is the four things that they mentioned right at the beginning. With proper attention to ethical issues and societal needs, Converging technologies could achieve a tremendous improvement in human abilities, societal outcomes, the nation's productivity, and the quality of life. This is a broad, cross-cutting, emerging, and timely opportunity of interest to individuals, society, and humanity in the long term. 
The phrase convergent technologies refers to the synergistic combination of four major NBIC provinces of science and technology, each of which is currently progressing at a rapid rate. A. Nanoscience and nanotechnology. B. Biotechnology and biomedicine, including genetic engineering. C. Information technology, including advanced computing and communications. And D. Cognitive science, including cognitive neuroscience. Wow, that's a mouthful right there, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, dear. Hmm. They do kind of put all the cards on the table, but you do have to sort of read between the lines a little bit. Um, they, they, they try to point out at numerous times that they're uh, trying to, um, you know, preserve fundamental values as, such as privacy, safety, moral responsibility, uh, yet everything else they're saying goes uh, flies directly in the face of that. So you do have to take it all kind of with a, with a grain of salt and look for, the, look for the big payoff on the numbers. Absolutely. You're correct there. They name all of these things and they say, oh, we could we could look at these technologies and still keep these things intact. Well, that really hasn't proven to be true, has it? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Just just looking at the surveillance state that we live in right now, uh, your privacy, you, you have none anymore. Let's let's face the facts. OK, uh, even though they they claim that, you know, the moral high ground with this stuff that they they won't use it for anything like that advertisers collect your information they they have it they use it so it's it's not to say that this can't be abused and there's any preventative methods put in place for this stuff uh, it's it's in fact the opposite has been our experience here but uh, i think they just kind of throw all caution for that stuff to the wind just to make these advancements and you know work on these different technologies they they know full well that uh, you know these things are going to be invasive, invasive to our privacy and invasive to our being on a lot of different levels. But still, they're trying to push this stuff forward because it's all part of the plan. They need it in order to uh, get the control system in place the way that they're looking to. So, you know, that's why they're they're looking at things like nanoscience, nanotechnology. These are like the building blocks. They're, they're using these things at a molecular level to build from the ground up, to build these different kinds of technologies. They could be, build uh, computing machines out of uh, different uh, nanotechnologies now, different uh, nanomaterials. Uh, in fact, there's a thing called a, a, a nano-finite state machine that was invented back in 2014, which could potentially revolutionize the computing world. Uh, when it comes down to it, and, and it could solve the problem of Moore's law. So when you're looking at a technology like that and then combining it with biotechnology and biomedicine, like they're saying here, and even down further in the document, it talks about uh, computer chips on neurons and stuff like that and, and putting computer chips inside a cell uh, within the body to certain effects. And, you know, that also crosses over with the information technology they're talking about and cognitive science. So there you go. I mean, this this is what they're doing. They're using all of these four different uh, varied applications of this science in order to try and institute a control structure and to be able to manipulate things on a very small micro scale to do real macro things in, in the world with. And, you know, we could kind of see where some of these technologies are going and and the things that they're doing with them and the delivery systems they're using with these things. So this is a concern moving forward 
Uh, but keep in mind, guys, they they say that you know they they have moral and ethical concerns with it. So you know they'll they'll work on those things. They'll they'll pay proper attention to those. So I mean, uh, yeah, there's there could be some potential good benefits coming from this stuff, but the the potential for abuse is there as well. And I think it far out you know, like outpaces uh, the the good results that we could get with this stuff, uh, the, the potential for abuse, uh, I think is going to be the real problem, especially when you're looking at the select few hands that have control over these things and control over the monies that, that feed these things. Once again, it admits right in the document here, it's basically the military industrial complex doing this. And what do they do? They build weapons. That's what it comes down to. It's, it's weaponized first before it gets rolled out to the public for any other use. And uh, we could see going back 18 years ago in this document, this is what they're talking about. They're talking about this stuff. It's being weaponized at that time, probably before then. I mean, they probably had some of this already in place that they were experimenting with at that point. Uh, so I would say this: these technologies that they're, they'll be talking about later are probably even older than that. But they're just looking at what uses they can garner from them, you know, through this from a weaponized standpoint. And once it's weaponized, then they roll it out to the public. So that's what we're looking at. This is 20 years old. This should be very telling for people. Who heard of nanotechnology 20 years ago? Think about that. Very few people, maybe a couple people inside the scientific community, but it wasn't something that was overwhelmingly talked about. Well, like well Wayne, today. let's use a good example of that. I mean, you know how they always put things uh, in entertainment and all that. Do you remember back in the, uh, I guess it would be late 80s when Star Trek Next Generation brought the Borg in? They didn't talk about nanotechnology or any of that stuff hardly at all. Uh, that wasn't even a big deal. Like they were doing everything in a mechanical way as if they took you over. Then a few years later, all of a sudden it, it turned into the Borg are taking everybody over through nanotechnology. Like it was just thrust in there. Like all of a sudden the, the, the Borg discovered this technology that you think they wouldn't have known for hundreds of years uh, in the story setting, you know? There's a, there, Jason, I see a direct relation here. Um, and some of the stuff that, that you and I covered today that'll roll out tomorrow. And by the way, that star at the top of the logo is Aldebaran, so that would be the bullseye. And you could almost certainly identify the others. But to get back to the point here, um, it's astonishing that in 99, um, they began to implement just the wholesale taking over of personal information, which there was an expectation uh, still at that point in this country that you had privacy. And even though they were basically saying here and there there is no privacy nobody believed them but doesn't this probably relate jason now that you're looking at it to the patent idea on the birth certificate in other words right now we're reasonably sure the birth certificate is patent information or instrument which deprives you of ownership of that thing that represents you uh, if that was reversed i think they'd have a hard time infringing at the level they do because there would be no legal basis in corporate law and mercantile law in commercial law and admiralty law in any of it there wouldn't be a basis for them to exert um i'm just saying what do you think yeah um, <laughs> think, think about it yeah. the whole patent thing you know so if you're looking like what we we're going to cover is there's the idea that the esquire there's patents on esquires, then there's patents above them for doctors, and then there's priests. And what was laid down is esquires, doctors, and priests cannot hold any meaningful position in governance. Um, and basically, if you look at our Congress, I don't think you could find a person. You'd be hard-pressed 
to find a person that isn't one of those things. Now, this relates to the patent idea. And so the patent idea, what was apparently, and we're still trying to work this out, Jason and I have covered every angle of law we can get on, but what it's looking like is your birth certificate was a patent. Uh, instrument. And so when you think about it in that way, the, the corporation Sun Microsystems started stealing all your data. And it wasn't really theft either. They said, here, you want this free tool and you signed up for it. It was underhanded. But my point would be is if you don't own you in a legal respect, um, they've got a leg to stand on. If that goes away, what the hell could they possibly use to defend the fact that they're doing this? Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that whole thing is interesting. You know, I, I remember, do you remember a few years ago I did this actually? I took the birth certificate <clears throat> with the number on it and the social security card and those numbers do work. So that that proves a lot of even what we uh, went through today, that there's something yeah, to this. Now it doesn't prove everything, but it proves that it's something that has validity or the numbers wouldn't work on a bank. Uh, well, it does, but it does, Jason. You proved um, when we did that episode, you went out and proved with your information that there was a, a monetary commercial instrument set up the day you were born um, and being traded or, you know, however the correct way to say that. It was on a stock market type thing of some time. In other words, uh, there was equity there and you were not the beneficiary. No, so I, I still have snapshots of that too, just, just, just in case I need them. It proves that you are equity and it proves that you're not the beneficiary of your equity, which proves that you're basically a slave. Or, But that's not all the way fair because it's actually a people piece of paper standing. It's a legal fiction standing in for you, but right. it doesn't matter because in our world it might as well be you. Right. I mean, this... and That's so much of our world is all based on these legal fictions. And, you know, yep. once again, this is directly how this stuff ties into that. If they use this legal fiction over you, then, you know, they, in their view, there's no reason why they can't uh, experiment on you with this type of technology or something. So it all points back once again to the, the same thing. I mean, the people in control, they have their karmic system, so to say, that they, they utilize for whatever reasons. And, uh, when they use something like, say, a birth certificate as a proxy of ownership over you, um, then they don't really see any problem with what they're doing. Right. And that's there the problem is. with a lot of this. Yeah. I mean, so they don't see a problem with it because, they, in their view, you're their property. So but, if they want to do this to you, they will try to do it. We, we could shine a positive light, maybe, a little bit. And it doesn't guarantee that this is all going to come true. But consider this idea. Um you see a police department, the truth is, is it's not a police department, it's a corporation. You see a municipal government, your town hall, it's really not a government, it's a corporation. Now this was the switch changeroo, the presto changeo, um, what was the rug being pulled out from under all of us slowly and carefully so that no one realized. So basically what happened was corporations replaced all the things that were actually supposed to be there. And so what happened is over time, all the people who run your town hall or your police department, they don't think they're breaking the law. They don't think they're doing anything wrong because their predecessor taught them the corporate policy, which they don't know is corporate policy. They just think it's the way a police department rules. These are the, the laws that we enforce. Um, that has gone on. But consider this. All that, it's possible that all that gets unmasked in what's going on hidden behind the beer bug lie. And if that gets unmasked, 
then if we rolled the clock back to 99 when Sun Microsystems is saying, guess what? There's no privacy in the world, but you get all these cool free tools like email and calendars and all this other crap we gave you so we could steal all your data. Um, the point I would make is that can't happen anymore because suddenly a corporation is not this, I, I don't know, this immune, this thing with immunity that does whatever the hell it wants everywhere um, and can't even be recognized for what it is. And that's really where we're headed. If we come through the other side of this uh, and our government is forced to decorporatize, which may in fact be happening, that could spell a whole new day for every facet of modern life because every facet of modern life is drawn by corporation absolutely and that's that's a beautiful point right there and i really firmly hope that uh you know that aspect of things does come to fruition because otherwise we're in a whole world of trouble here if uh you know we let these corporate fictions keep doing what they're doing to us as people and it's it's a sad situation when you look at society and they're all just complacent, walking around just doing whatever they're told when they're told just for the little bit of comfort that they're given or, or security that they may or may not be given by uh, said government or, you know, the, the corporatocracy that it really is. So, you know, I, I hope that this does come down to that where we have to look back at our foundational roots again and get back to the things that are, are real and, you know, that were, I think, originally intended for this before everything went corporate the way that it has, the way that those uh, few people at the top of the power structure decided to manipulate and steal from the public at large and uh, have their way with them. So I, I think uh, a better day could be coming, and I, I hope that's the truth right there. It almost seems like when we when when this episode goes live tomorrow, it'll start to give you the impression that this is convoluted beyond the scope of a human mind to be able to understand. So convoluted that it was designed to be convoluted that there may be, I don't know, a hundred people in this world that even understand the real truth behind what's gone on here. Um, but the point I would make uh, is it almost seems a certain to me, certainty to me at this point that a person who understands how, when, why, and what happened to include the instruments that did it, um, it's just simply a matter of filing the right papers in the right way. Because it turns out that these people will break damn near every law in the book, but that's what corporation is for, right? Because corporation, a person won't be held responsible. You're behind the corporate veil. And even though if you break the rules of corporation, you can pierce the corporate veil and make the individuals behind it, uh, it almost never happens. It's almost like the courts are geared to never pierce the, the corporate veil. But my, my point here is that uh, it appears now that there are people who are beginning to figure it out, which is shown by all the law series we've done, but at a higher level, there are people who are making a run at this, and simply having a corporation means a single thing, that there are laws that bind how some massive thing like that works. Without the, It's not a corporation without the rules and laws. It's just a jungle, and that's what a corporation doesn't want because then you lose control. So I, I almost to a certainly, certainty, I have accepted that simply using the correct law in the correct way uh, would bring it all to its knees. All right, let's move on in the document. Timely and broad opportunity. 
Convergence of diverse technologies is based on material unity at the nanoscale and on technology integrated from that scale. The building blocks of matter that are fundamental to all sciences originate at the nanoscale. Revolutionary advances at the interfaces between previously separate fields of science and technology are ready to create key transforming tools for NBIC technologies. Developments in systems approaches, mathematics, and computation in conjunction with NBIC allow us for the first time to understand the natural world, human society, and scientific research as closely coupled complex hierarchical systems. At this moment in the evolution of technical achievement, improvement of human performance through integration of technologies becomes possible. Okay, well, that is transhumanism right there, everyone. That is transhumanism right to a T. And also, when they're talking about modeling and all that stuff, you see what they're doing with all these computer models. And what are they doing to us right now? They are trying to gather the data on... Well, we, when we poke them this way, they do this, and we poke them that way, they do that. I, I strongly suspect they've got more information on us in the past couple of months than they have in a very long time. What do you guys think? Oh, absolutely. Uh, they've been collecting data like mad during this whole lockdown thing. Uh, just as a, a side note there, I wanted to point back to a, a little passage in that paragraph you just read, though. Uh, where it says revolutionary advances at the interfaces between previously separate fields of science and technology are ready to create key transforming tools for NBIC technologies. It's a hearkening back when you read between the lines there to alchemy. This is talking about natural alchemical sciences here. See, that's that's code right there, transforming tools. And you'll notice that the uh, the font is changed for those two words. And that's to point out something to people in the know. So when you're looking at this, uh, they're hearkening back to these alchemical ideas once again. And of course, they're talking about, in this regard, cybernetics. Because cybernetics is actually uh, what I would view as a perversion of the alchemical natural sciences. Uh, this is whole systems control. And you can see how they're talking about how these different uh, approaches uh, when working together under these quote-unquote hierarchical systems, uh, this is what they want to do. They want to merge these things together and use them from in a synergistic way to bring about different effects and stuff uh, in a true cybernetic because that's what it's all about. It's, it's about the end result more so than the little uh, micro pieces that you use to, to patch this all together. So it's looking at things from this holistic perspective rather than from these compartmentalized sciences. So this is code for anybody in the know. This is what they're talking about. They're, they're talking about using this. Uh, and you'll notice that they do harken back to natural science even right there in the passage. They're talking about uh, uh, for the first time to understand the natural world, human society, and scientific research as closely coupled complex hierarchical systems. That's exactly what they're talking about. This is alchemy, folks, and now, that's what they're talking about in here. Now get this next little paragraph uh, and think about what year this came out. The workshop participants envision important breakthroughs in NBIC-related areas in the next 10 to 20 years. Fundamental research requires about the same interval to yield significant applications. Now is the time to anticipate the research issues and plan an R&D approach that would yield optimal results. Again, this came out in 2002. 
So there you go. There's some, uh, you know, planning ideas getting put into effect there with this stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it's very telling on the face of it. I mean, this is what they're doing. They're talking about these technologies, but what they're not talking about is just as important as what they are talking about. They kind of hint and, and, you know, kind of pick around at it in here a little bit, the, the alchemical theme to it all. The, the transform the transformation transforming tools uh, you know the, this hearkening back to natural world natural sciences uh, closely coupled complex hierarchical systems and that's the thing I mean it, there's more information in here from what they're not saying that they're kind of hinting around with than just what's on the, the surface read here and that's what people need to understand with a lot of these type of documents anybody who's familiar uh, with any of these type of uh, alchemical sciences or natural sciences or or how to utilize these things for a real world effect could read between the lines with this stuff. So, I mean, you're looking, yes, this is mostly for the, the science-y crowd, but within that science-y crowd, there are most certainly those that are well-practiced in occult arts of sorts and alchemical arts. And these are the ones that that kind of, uh, you know, those that kind of information, they'll pick up on it. Whereas some others might just read over it and think nothing of it. Bro, what you got? Um, I just got back. I was worried on an upload there, so I tuned out for a second. Sorry. All right. Next section. Let's check this out. Strategies for transformation. It is essential to prepare key organizations and societal activities for the changes made possible by converging technologies. Activities that accelerate convergence to improve human performance must be enhanced, including focused research and development, increased technological synergy from the nanoscale, developing of interfaces among sciences and technologies, and a holistic approach to monitor the resultant societal evolution. The aim is to offer individuals and groups an increased range of attractive choices while preserving fundamental values such as privacy, safety, and moral responsibility. Education and training at all levels should use converging science and technology and prepare people to take advantage of them. We must experiment with innovative ideas to motivate multidisciplinary research and development while finding ways to address ethical, legal, and moral concerns. In many application areas, such as medical technology and healthcare, it is necessary to accelerate advances that would take advantage of converging technologies. All right. Crow, you're a real well, let's talk brother. about the elephant in the room first. It sounds like Crow's wrestling with a vacuum cleaner. Uh, oh, sorry, guys. I got my dehumidifier. Hold on. It's okay, man. We love you, brother. Uh, elephant dead. Okay. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, anyway, once again, right in the title of this paragraph, Strategies for Transformation, there's the alchemical concept there again. Uh, you can see... Uh, the aim is to offer individuals and groups an increased range of attractive choices while preserving fundamental values such as privacy, safety, and moral responsibility. There they go again, listing off those things as if that's something they could do, that they could preserve those values while pursuing this technology. Uh, sure. They, they point out that um, 
Yeah, basically they're pointing out that we need to cover that up. And I think when you get back down to the uh, the section on government, um, they the second uh, paragraph in the government section very clearly uh, points out um, how how they're how they're going to cover for that. But yeah, that's that's what they're doing. They're saying these are the, these are the issues that we have to keep the patina uh, of legitimacy up. Uh, we're we're going to keep those things in check, but um, ev- but everything they're talking about completely wipes those things out. It it, it invalidates it and nullifies it. So. By the way, did we ever get this uh, document in? Here, I found it. Never mind. I'll just drop it in the uh, in the two streams. Oh, you know what? No, I don't think I ever dropped it in the chat. I'm, I'm gonna do sorry, it now, guys. Just, just because uh, show's almost half ball. over, and we never did that, so let me take care of that. Whoopsie. All right, here we go. All right, let's uh, let's jump down in this thing, Wayne. Where's the next section we that we should go at here? Uh, let's scroll We've down. We've got the synopsis of recommendations if we want to hit that. Yeah, we might as well hit through yeah, that. Yeah, that's where you want to hit next, and especially the government uh, D section. The recommendations of this report are far-reaching and fundamental, urging the transformation of science, engineering, and technology at their very roots. The new developments will be revolutionary and must be governed by respect for human welfare and dignity. This report sets goals for societal transformation and educational, building on the suggestions developed in the five topical groups and the ideas in the more than 50 individual contributions. The workshop recommended a national R&D priority area. That's research and development, by the way, if anybody doesn't know what R&D means. A national R&D priority area on converging technologies focused on enhancing human performance. The opportunity is broad, enduring, and of general interest odd way of saying that these people are weird okay the first one is individuals scientists and engineers at every career level should gain skills in at least one nbic area and in neighboring disciplines collaborate with colleagues in other fields and take risks in launching innovative projects that could advance nbic next one academy Educational institutions at all levels should undertake major curricular and organizational reforms to restructure the teaching and research of science and engineering so that previously separate disciplines can converge around common principles to train the technical labor force for the future. Next one, the private sector. Manufacturing, biotechnology, information, and medical service corporations will need to develop partnerships of unparalleled scope to exploit the tremendous opportunities from technological convergence, investing in production facilities based on entirely new principles, materials, devices, and systems with increased emphasis on human development. Next one, and I'm sure this is going to be a doozy, government. The federal government should establish a national research and develop priority area on converging technologies focused on enhancing human performance. Government organizations at all levels should provide leadership in creating the NBIC infrastructure and coordinating the work of other institutions and must accelerate convergence by supporting new multidisciplinary scientific experts while sustaining the traditional disciplines that are essential for success. Yeah, put the government in charge of anything and watch them screw it all up. Ethical, legal, morally economic, 
environmental, workforce development, and other societal implications must be addressed from the beginning, involving leading NBIC scientists and engineers, social scientists, and a broad coalition of professional and civic organizations. That's right. They yeah, said that social, <laughs> social scientists. Let's let's just make read sure that, we understand. Read that again. They're, One more time, ladies and gentlemen. Social yep, they're saying that they, scientists. Social engineering. And they're saying that they must address these in advance. Uh, they're saying all these things must be addressed from the beginning uh, and that they're going to involve these people in a broad coalition of professionals of organizations to basically program you in advance. They're going to cover all the objections in advance. That's that's the key takeaway. There. So this is something, let me address winner, this winner, really quick. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Exactly. Crow, what did we, what did we say towards the end of the show today that it seems like they've got multiple plans and then they launch them as necessary but they already have stuff put into the uh, the ether if you will they've already got things out there pre-programming everything the, the proof of that is uh, um, the Unabomber the Unabomber is case in point and it's all show showed up they made fun of it um, kind of if you're paying attention in a movie about uh, the tobacco industry with, I think, Russell Crowe and Al Pacino, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know what the name of it is. Um, but what they basically did is the tobacco industry was about to get nailed in the headlines. And so the morning that was going live, they broke the Unabomber the night before. Um, so th this is case in point of having A, B, C, D, E, F, G covered because you own all the media and so they're ready to roll out which is starting to look like maybe what the beer bug was um, but I, I gotta ask you guys a question are you buying the the party line on what nanotech is and what it can do are you guys buying that no they're pitching they're zigging when uh, they're, they're, they're pitching zag and they're zigging instead um, they're yeah. pointing one way, but they're doing something completely different. It seems I, to be the way that they're doing it. Yeah, I think there's something to it. But if you put small metal particles in an inoculation, I'm not calling that nanotech. I'm just calling that poison. <laughs> um, and though though there is some nanotech thing like things going on, I don't buy these miniature machines and, and all these descriptions we get. It's like quantum computing. I'm not buying. Go right now to Google and do an image search. It's always a great way to see if something exists in our world. Um, and search quantum computer. <laughs> you get like, you know, cartoons. The same, yeah, the same picture over and over. It's like satellite in space. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so in some ways, this technology, as I'm pointing out here, works in our favor because it's doing what it does. But go ahead and try to search some things and then scrutinize the return it often tells you. The nanotech and the quantum thing, uh, I'm not buying as described. No, I don't think it's – I personally don't think it's as described. I think it's a, a ruse or a smoke screen so they can throw yep. something else out there and then and then say that it's this. as you know, It's a result of uh, nanotech. You just can't see it or whatever. But uh, no, I, I don't think it's um, in any way uh, – nothing – So uh, in all my research, nothing is ever as they describe it. It's always at least misdescribed, if not a complete uh, made-from-whole-cloth. Right. It's a total misdescription of what's really going on and what's being utilized. And uh, like I was pointing out earlier in the document, you can see how uh, they put in these little tells for anybody in the know um, in these certain areas where it talks about uh, natural, the natural world, natural science. Uh, 
And it, it kind of points back to alchemy. Once again, it's a misuse of alchemy uh, in one way, shape, or form. And I, I think nano is no different. Uh, I, I believe there's a certain technology there, but it doesn't function as described or, you know, necessarily look or work as described. But there's something to it. And uh, that's that's the important takeaway. And they're utilizing it for completely unnatural purposes here. Like, it's total inversion, like we've talked about so much. Well, there's another good example. It'll come up tomorrow all day long. Um, we have kings, queens in the world, right? No, we really don't. They get called royalty, but they're not royal. Um, and this is, you know, e- even on the episode image I just put up, I basically said if we didn't have nature, our, our world would be one complete fiction. Um, and so when you know these foundational ideas where it's a lie agreed upon, as is so much history, uh, it gives you a new foundation to work from with all these extraordinary claims being made. Um, the problem is, is when you start to get to natural tech, what people like to call Tesla tech, some of those things are going to appear magical um, in their application, uh, cymatics things, electromagnetic things. Um, so you've got to have some common sense. But uh, I think a lot of this is is just bluff. I really do. It's to give the impression uh, of the invis- invincible fortress, which hopefully over the next year we're going to see is not so invincible. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, finishing up with this part, <laughs> this is... <laughs> Research on societal implications must be funded and the risk of potential undesirable secondary effects must be monitored by a government organization in order to anticipate and take corrective actions. Tools Man. should be developed to anticipate scenarios for future technology development and applications. So that was the rest of the government side of it. <clears throat> yep, that's the one they're they're preparing for blowback. I mean, if you just just read that again, it's uh, they you know that they have the risk of potential undesirable secondary effects. Uh, they're they're sp- specifically outlining uh, corrective action for societal blowback. All right, two more sections here. Professional societies. The scientific and engineering communities should create new means of interdisciplinary training and communication, reduce the barriers that inhibit individuals from working across disciplines, aggressively highlight opportunities for convergence in their conferences, develop links to a variety of other technical and medical organizations, and address ethical issues related to technological developments. Well, I think we're having a lot of that with a lot of the... uh, (laughs) The brain, why am I blanking on it? Neuralink and all that kind of thing. I know people are bringing up ethical issues with that stuff. Sounds to me almost like they're saying we need to to create a corporation that we can merge more easily. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what it sounds like. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, uh, let's put this in the hands of a couple of private corporations that will work together to create a, a larger private or corporation that will control all this from the top down. That's what it sounds like, right? It, it yeah, does. It does seem, seem pretty much as they're saying the government is going to control the societal aspects uh, while the private corporations actually do the heavy lifting. All right. Well, the other the other side of that is also to say, why don't we just privatize? You know, while we're at, we're at it, we'll just own all the the things we get out of it, um, and then we'll only be we we only have to answer to the board of directors. Well, like uh, so many other things, they can pri- if they privatize if they run through a corporation, then they can tell everyone basically to fuck off. It's like no, this is yeah, this, this is, doesn't matter. This is uh, the company secrets. <laughs> There's exactly. NASA's problem right now. <laughs> 
Yep. Right. Well, FOIA, FOIA doesn't apply. So don't, don't yeah. worry. SpaceX will save them. Well, that's just it. It, it, it. You can you can see it right there. Get everything under a corporate umbrella so that you don't have to actually reveal anything. All right. So the last section on this other organizations, non-governmental organizations that represent potential user groups should contribute to the design and testing of convergent technologies in order to maximize the benefits for their diverse constituencies. Private research foundations should invest in NBIC research in those areas that are consistent with their unique missions. The press should increase high quality coverage of science and technology on the basis of the new convergent paradigm to inform citizens so they can participate wisely in debates about ethical issues such as unexpected effects on inequality, policies concerning diversity, and the implications of transforming human capabilities. Now, in 2002, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, societal upheaval stuff going on like now where it looks like they're throwing us all the way back into the 1960s again. This, this sounds, uh, again, pre-planned 20 years ago. Bingo. There you go. This is how these, these people operate and how they work. And that's why I think it's important that we take a look at documents like this. Because, I mean, this, this is a National Science Foundation document, pretty much. Uh, you look at it, you can see, yeah, you know, what they have in store for the future. When, when they're planning this stuff, there it is right there. I mean, it may be something that if you were to read it at the time, you wouldn't be able to predict exactly how uh, these things came to fruition today. How but, it would play out, right? Right. But, I mean, looking back at it now and being able to read it now and see, huh, well, what do you know? This is exactly what's going on. This is what they were planning for. This was a contingency they already had in mind. And that's the thing, guys. They yeah. have so many documents and stuff like this out there uh, from these think tank groups and everything else like this that have these planning phases involved, have so many different contingency plans that, uh, that it's used like as a backup. So, you know, if, if X uh, thing happens, we use plan B or whatever. They, they go to this stuff and... and that's basically what goes on. I don't think it's so much that they're they're really like laying down the roadmap for the future. It's just they, they contingency plan for everything, for every possible avenue of things that they could look at. So they have a plan in mind waiting in it, the wings it to does implement seem like to that. steer things that they want. Yeah, it does seem like that, uh, Wayne. And if it, I think if you even look at the, uh, you know, the kind of a little bit of a schism or the dichotomy between uh, 1984 and Brave New World, uh, those were two avenues, right? It, it appears uh, that Tavistock uh, basically, um, you know, uh, they they did a uh, commission those two works uh, and say, tell me what it looks like. Right, and the, each of them presented their own viewpoints. And in fact, there's a letter between Orwell uh, and uh, Huxley, in which Huxley uh, explicitly says he prefers his his version. He thinks his version is better uh, because it's not a boot on the neck that he gets, um, as he says, uh, mankind to love his enslavement. Um, <clears throat> you know, and so uh, it does seem as if again, it's much easier, as you say, to track these things backwards. Um, they they produce uh, a lot of these think tank documents and. Um, it's again, as you said, if you were to look at them at the time, it would be difficult to track them uh, to to anticipate how it's going to play out. But if you go backwards, for example, we did lockstep um, a couple of weeks back, and uh, if you look at that, that was one of four scenarios presented 
right? But it is the one of, of the four that has come specifically to fruition. Uh, and in fact, if you take a, a look at the very beginning of this document and, and understand where it comes from, uh, it's a think tank, but it comes out, and I want to point out one of the guys here, the uh, four leading guys here, the World Technology Evaluation Center. Um, R. Horning is one of them, and it's weird because that's um, not accurate. It's actually R. Horn. And as we get to, to the end of this program, I'll show you um, a link of his and what he's involved in. Uh, but you'll note that it's not only June 2002, but Arlington, Virginia. And uh, I think that's very, very telling, if, you know, where Arlington, Virginia, um, w- what's happening. Gee, there. what goes on in Arlington? I Bobby? have no idea. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> there, only there's a big cemetery. The first yeah, 15 the letters cemetery. of the alphabet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> appear there. And it expressly says, right, that any opinions, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this material are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the United States government. Not necessarily. Um, not necessarily. <laughs> we'll take it under advisement, right? Um, and, and that's the kind of thing that you get when you read these documents, as, as Wayne uh, very clearly pointed out, uh, that, again, uh, they're they're planning for a whole bunch of different uh, things. And as we've gone through before and talked about game theory and simulations, um, this is um, kind of what happens. They feed all this stuff in and then uh, test our reactions to it. And you can very clearly see this in um, social media uh, and how you'll get, uh, you know, immediately an ad for something you thought about right that uh, that appears uh, or they suggest things right and this is what i've demonstrated is that they're they're not just uh, monitoring but they're actually driving these moves they're not just predicting them but they're driving uh, some of the behaviors uh, so yeah this is uh, this is what they've done is created uh, an entire uh, list that runs the gamut uh, and they plug them all in and find uh, the best potential result uh, to get where they want to go and it's all based on game theory like mm-hmm. you just said all of it, because that's what they use as a, a prime programming tool. Uh, they could steer the direction of the game uh, by by doing this, by reacting in certain ways, or by doing certain things. And they already have that all figured out. Uh, you know, the game theory math is is not something that's theoretical. I, I mean, there there's definitely you could look at uh, Crow likes to. Uh, do like use the examples like the wisdom of the crowd. These things are proven through time, time and time again. Uh, and you know, you could always get the result you're looking for as long as you have enough data to work with. So that that's exactly what it's about. And you can hit the nail right on the head as long as you just have enough of that data in there. So that's what they do and that's how they use these ideas. So they, they have these scenarios in mind and they know in order to get uh, effect A, we'll do action B. You know, so that this is how it works. It's all based on game theory. I, I would highly suggest anybody, if you could get a hold of any books about game theory, pick them up and read them because you'll understand things a lot better that way. You'll be able to see like, all like these a future show, uh, man. Scenarios to a certain it, it could be. I mean, tessellation yeah. and all that. But there's there's another side of this that goes invisible, which is, in my view, part of what makes it so kind of dangerous. So if you were a member of one of these crews that seeks to take over everybody and trade them as chattel. If you ask them what's your spiritual intent, I'm pretty sure they're not going to say, oh, I follow the golden rule. I'm going to do unto others as I would do unto <laughs> He myself. who has the gold rules? And Yeah, yeah if, he who has the golden said, rules, right, yeah. Yeah, if you said, you know, are you, are you a turn the other cheek kind of guy or, you know, what what's your spiritual path? And so therein lies where we are now as we're heading into the new cycle because 
probably the majority of us have a concern for other living beings. Uh, there used to be whole sections of this world that had religious and spiritual traditions that were for the benefit of all living beings. And these people are as far from that as you can be. So basically, if you logically boil it down, it's a Darth Vader thing. Um, this is this is evil versus not evil. Um, and it's that simple. And when you begin to bring that to bear, it brings all these other possibilities in that nobody thinks about when it's just the stuff that's on the table. Because the spiritual ideas are never going to be on the table. Well, they might be later in, in the era, but they haven't been thus far. Well, yeah, and I, I, in fact, I, um, it, it, in my research, I would say that, for example, uh, this guy I'm going to point out uh, here in a little bit, uh, Robert Horn, um, probably uh, is so inundated and so in deep with what he's doing uh, that he uh, only marginally thinks about its actual uses and what the intentions behind it are. He, you know, the, the guys do actually doing, again, the heavy lifting, uh, it's all on a need-to-know basis, and they know what they need to know, and the intention, uh, they, they just work toward a consequence, right? They're a, a specific uh, aspect of it, uh, but not um, the ultimate goal, right? And, and for, for my money, uh, I think even those who we would consider toward the top of the pyramid, keep in mind that um, in the uh, actual pyramid, the eye is separate from the rest of it. Uh, so those that we would consider at the top of the pyramid, my, my take is that if you you know heard their name, they're not really that close to it, right? Anybody like Rockefeller or Rothschild or those people, they may be, you know, uh, near the top, but they're not at the top. Those, I think they're still uh, taking you've heard of them. Yeah, they're, you've heard of them, and so they're the scapegoats. They're going to roll those guys and make you think that everything's changed, and I, I just don't buy it. Uh, but even above them, there are people you've never heard of, and even above them, uh, to me, it looks like there's someone or some other intelligence that um, that is directing things that works very patiently over a long period of time, many lifetimes, uh, that humans just don't seem to have the capacity for. Um, so yeah, when I look at the pyramid and see that the eye is separate, right, it's a different thing, um, it, it's indicative to me that, again, as the further you go down to pyramid, like the guys who are actually uh, developing and writing these uh, these white papers, um, they have really, from my perspective, uh, they, they think they're on the inside, but they don't really have a clue, ultimately, uh, where this funnels down to, right? So if you just kind of flip that pyramid over and see it as a funnel, um, it's, <laughs> they're, you know, they're they're working as a part of the process, but they're working on an individual aspect, uh, and they, they're working toward the success of, of that particular uh, part of the, you know, that, that color of the prism, right? They don't really see the whole thing as put together into white light. So um, anyway, yeah. And based upon what you were just saying, I, I mean, this absolutely yeah, showed out to be so when, when you look at things. And uh, Crow's right when he pointed out that there's probably maybe only 100 people in the entire world that really know what's going on with yeah. all of this and how this stuff all interplays Agreed. together. That's That's basically, you know, what this points to. It's a pyramidal-type structure. It's a hierarchical structure. And isn't that coincidental that that's exactly what they talk about within this document? Hierarchical structural. I can't talk. Hierarchical structure. <laughs> well, I think there's a. Uh, I think there's a fair chance, Wayne, that there are there are probably as many or more people on our side of it who are standing back, looking at a distance, and trying to put together the puzzle pieces that have a better idea than many of the people that are actually involved. 
I would agree with that assessment, absolutely, because uh, when you actually stand back, you get a lay of the land, a much bigger lay of the land. When you're actually standing in the forest, you can't see the forest for the trees. Exactly. So if you're standing, if you're standing back and looking at it from afar, then you know it, it becomes a lot clearer to you. And that's the thing. A lot of these people, they're compartmentalized in what they're doing, and a lot of them may feel that they're they're doing good things, or you know they're doing things for the right purpose. Or, or that kind of thing, or they're just or going the, along to get yeah. along. Or that the ends justify the means, or, or whatever right. it takes to get them uh, to comply, right? So whether that is a, a carrot or a stick, it doesn't really matter to those running things as long as it uh, produces the ultimate you know, effect. Uh, so, uh, right, again, it's, you'll it's see carrot that. sticks. So. Yeah, <laughs> carrot sticks, nice. <laughs> just need some blue cheese dressing and I'll be fine. <laughs> That's perfect. Perfect, my man. carrot sticks. Yeah. All right, time to uh, time to be dramatic. We stand at the threshold of a new renaissance in science and technology based on a comprehensive understanding of the structure and behavior of matter from the nanoscale up to the most complex system yet discovered, the human brain. Unification of science based on unity in nature and its holistic investigation will lead to technological convergence and a more efficient societal structure for reaching human goals. In the early decades of the 21st century, concentrated effort can bring together nanotechnology, biotechnology, information technology, and new technologies based in cognitive science. With proper attention to ethical issues and societal needs, the result can be a tremendous oh, improvement in human abilities, societal outcomes, and quality of life. And there it is again. You've got uh, the mention of uh, unification of science based on unity in nature, and it's holistic investigation will lead to technological convergence and a more efficient societal structure for reaching human goals. Gee, what goals are they talking about? That sounds like a transhumanist goal to me. Mm. Uh, but you could see once again how they, they hearken back to these alchemical type ideas, these natural science ideas. Uh, the unity of nature, based on the unity of, its, of nature. And uh, it's holistic investigation. See, and, and once again, you see, this is the whole cybernetics idea. Uh, and in my view, and this is what I've come across largely in my studies, cybernetics is an inversion of alchemy. It's, it's a total perversion of alchemical processes. And that's the main science that they, they use to look at everything. So it, it even sums it up right here in, in this paper talking about uh, how they're going to use all these four different uh, types of sciences in a unified way, in a holistic way to achieve the goals, these these human goals that they want to achieve. And that's basically, it's it's an inversion of natural alchemical processes or right. an inversion they, of even, natural sciences, however you want to view it. It's, and it's they, and they, an inversion. Yeah, they loosely code it, right? They'll uh, say that uh, they um, combining research and methods across these provinces in duos, trios, and the full quartet. All right, so now, now we're... Um, invoking uh, ratios and uh, we have the uh, tetrahedron right uh, each field is represented by a vertex and each fair uh, is a line a surface the union of four fields and the volume of the tetrahedron uh, so again it's just a uh, barely it's thinly veiled right they're going and there's your vector again 
Yep, they're going directly to platonic solids. Mm. Uh, I mean, they, they, they're they not really um, hiding it very well. So with those who have eyes to see, you can immediately see the language that they're using uh, strongly implies uh, that they're uh, using alchemy and these principles. All right, let's get down in the document here. Wayne, anything uh, I don't know about yet that I should jump to? Um. I don't think so. Where were we? We were on background here. Uh, ta, ta, ta. Just a second. When we get down uh, two pages down, that's where it starts talking about the history of science. Yeah, because it's going to um, write there, page three. Yeah, page three, uh, the history page of science. Page three. Yep. Wow, we're that's only right. on page three. I know. <laughs> it's like a 56-page document. Okay, so you're talking about um, – the history of science. The history across... of science. Okay, yep. here we go. Oh, yep. The history of science across the vast sweep of human history undermines any complacency that progress will somehow happen automatically without the necessity for vigorous action. Most societies at most points in their history were uninterested in science, and they advanced technologically only very slowly, if at all. On rare occasions, such as the pyramid-building age in ancient Egypt or the roughly contemporaneous emergence of intensive agriculture and trade in Babylon, the speed of progress seemed to accelerate, although at a much slower rate than that experienced by Europe and North America over the past five centuries. For modern civilization, the most relevant and instructive precursor remains the classical civilizations of Greece and Rome. What do Crow and I tell you just about every freaking show? Boom. Building on the scientific accomplishments of the document, too. Right. Sorry, go ahead. Building on the scientific accomplishments of the Babylonians and Egyptians, and whose symbology Boom. do the elite use all the time? <laughs> the Greeks accomplished much in mathematics, astronomy, biology, and other sciences. Their technological achievements probably peaked in the Hellenistic Age as city-states gave way to larger political units, culminating in Roman dominance of the entire Boom. Mediterranean area. I dare say that city-states still rule a lot, <laughs> if I may interject. By the end of the second century, if not long before, scientific and technological progress had slowed with the fall of Rome. Uh, <clears throat> let me once again digress. Uh, Rome didn't fall, folks. It just became it just became the Roman Catholic Church, the Vatican rules. Yep. Historians debate the degree to which technology advanced during the following Dark Ages and medieval period, but clearly a mighty civilization had fallen into bloody chaos and widespread ignorance. The Renaissance, coming a thousand years after the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, reestablished science on a stronger basis than before, and technological advancement has continued on an accelerating path since then. The hallmark of the Renaissance was its holistic quality, as all fields of art, engineering, science, and culture shared the same exciting spirit and many of the same intellectual pr principles. Yeah, also, the Spanish Inquisition, I may say. A creative individual schooled Nobody in multiple arts. Da -da! A creative individual schooled in multiple arts might be a painter one day, an engineer the next, and a writer the day after that. However, as the centuries passed, the holism of the Renaissance gave way to specialization and intellectual fragmentation. Today, with the scientific work of recent decades showing us at a deeper level the fundamental unity of natural organization, it is time to rekindle the spirit of the Renaissance. 
returning to the holistic perspective on a higher level with a new set of principles and theories. This report underlines several broad, long-term implications of converging technologies in key areas of human activity. Societal productivity in terms of well-being as well as economic growth. Security from natural and human-generated disasters. <laughs> Individual mm -hmm. and group performance and communication. Lifelong learning, graceful aging, and a healthy life. Coherent technological developments and their integration with human activities. Human evolution, including individual and cultural evolution. Fundamental scientific discovery needs at least 10 years to be implemented in new technologies, industries, and ways of life. Thus, if we want the great benefits of NBIC convergence within our own lifetimes, now is the right time to begin. The impact of advancing technology on the present quality of life the United Nations Development Program 2001, Wayne, you'll have to fill us in in a moment on that, will be accelerated by NBIC and new possibilities for human performance will be unleashed. Can, can I summarize this? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> All right. So so here's here, here's with eyes to see. Here, here's what they say. Uh, the history of science across the vast sweep of human history undermines, right, uh, any complacency. So uh, real science undermines what they're trying to do. Uh, they want to prevent anybody from being polymaths. Uh, take a look at what we did. We've got the bullshit Roman Empire where we ruled the world by the end of the second century. Uh, we made everybody dumb and we threw them into bloody chaos and widespread ignorance with the fake dark ages. Uh, the Renaissance is where we uh, came out and told them about uh, science but we had reshaped it at that point. Uh, and now what we're going to do is unleash this. Uh, and here's the bullshit. Societal productivity, uh, security <clears throat> for us, individual and group performance, just group performance, uh, lifelong learning. That means life control from start to end with an unhealthy life, coherent technological developments and their integration within human activities. So um, there you go, uh, cyber uh, humans and uh, transhumanism and human evolution that we're going to control uh, and that's <laughs> that's how I read it folks um, they uh, it is kind of coded language for those with eyes to see uh, they point out these things specifically uh, kind of couched it in a bit of word salad but you can you can pull out the words and see exactly uh, what they're um, kind of again very thinly veiled saying if you have any background at all into the mystery schools and what they're saying um, you you can't you, you can't fail to miss it. Okay, and here's another thought that goes along with that. And uh, this this next sentence right here, Jason, kind of proves out your theory about decades. Fundamental scientific discovery needs at least ten years to be implemented <laughs> in new technologies, industries, yep. and ways of life. There you go. Yep, and so they see, come back several you're, you're, times and say ten to twenty years, ten to twenty years. That's they right. Yeah, well, that, that tells you because so what's that? That's go. the repeat of the cycle. So see observation about the decades changing, that's true. It's a true thing. It's acknowledged right here. And also, let, let's look at, at it this way. Uh, what, what are the scientific, uh, you know, things that are coming about to fruition right now and the cultural things coming about right now? Where's that leading? Well, let's look 10 years down the road. What's 10 years from now? 2030. Is there an agenda? <laughs> for what kind of agenda? <laughs> that's, that's the only question. That's the only question I need to ask people in order to connect the dots. Uh, 
So, so what kind of an agenda is there in 2030 for 2030? And that's 10 years from now. So the things happening now are, you know, for the shaping of this whole 2030 agenda. So, you know, you can take a look at some of that documentation to kind of get an idea as to what's coming within the next 10 years. Well, and I mean, again, look at what the um, the first three bullet points of their t- list of twenty uh, of what they want to accomplish: fast broadband interfaces directly between human brain and machines. What? Uh, comfortable mm-hmm. wearable sensors, <laughs> robots, and software agents. No, no way! Right? Um, they're throwing it right out there from Jump Street. They're they're not hiding what they plan to do. Keep Again, in, they ca- keep in they mind this is two thousand and two. This was written yep. in. Keep in mind. And they, again, they, ca- they couch it all in this um, kind of soft sell. Yeah, we can improve humanity. Uh, but uh, again, you can very, it's so thinly veiled, you can very clearly see what the agenda is. We should rewrite the Velveteen Rabbit. It could be like the Velveteen Sensor. It's got to be comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be comfortable. Comfortable, yes, comfortable. Mm. Um, yes, it's... Uh, I wonder if they, our broadband interfaces are going to be comfortable. <laughs> I yeah. think they're going to be rectal, right? We're going to pick up where the grays left off. You're going to have to plug I in mean, from the... Uh, oh, my. Their, bu- their bullet points are just hilarious, right? National security will be greatly strengthened. Y- you think? <laughs> <laughs> the ability to control the genetics of humans, animals, and agricultural plants. Uh, vast promise of outer space, poppycock. Um, <laughs> new organizational <laughs> structures and management principles, right? Uh, they, they just, um, they don't stop here. And uh, formal education will be transformed by a unified <laughs> curriculum. <laughs> ah, coming, Claude. Hmm. Oh, for fuck's sake, man. We will invent <laughs> a system called Common Core, and we will make them learn nothing. Mercy. Yeah. Um, again, I just like to, um, uh, before I see that we're, we're kind of where we're sitting at in time, I just wanted to pop this in the, in the chat real quick and uh, something for people to take a look at later. And I don't know if you can put this up on the screen, Jason, or not. What's that? Um, so so <sighs> this is, remember, I said at the earlier in the program uh, that they, uh, they called a guy R. Horning. And I said that was incorrect. It's actually Robert Horn. Uh, and he is uh, from Stanford, but by way of Cornell University and Columbia University. And he runs a, a think tank, uh, and he uh, has been involved in many of these things. But what I just posted in the chat is a uh, it's an interactive infographic uh, that describes what I Robert works on. Uh, and as you take a look here, and you can click on many of these items, uh, some things that, of course, stand out, thinking bigger thoughts, connecting the smudges, social meshes. If you look at the upper right-hand um, Helping groups area, get started uh, and stay on the same page and dealing with seemingly so intractable, wicked problems. What yep, the hell? Exactly. So what are social messages? Avian social mess projects. Right there. I was right there. So avian flu pandemic scenario. Again, that's clickable and <laughs> you can go in thing. and look at that. Um, <laughs> if you take a look down here, right in the middle, my other interest in writings, simulation, gaming and scenarios, educational research, philosophy, cognitive science, artificial intelligence. Uh, he is all everywhere here genetically modified food uh discernible uh focus projects take a look at this one uh in nasa project on uh strategic science but he's got this one over here um let's see where was it the oh specifically oh discrim uh discriminate force project i thought nasa <laughs> was for just... going to outer space 
No, it just lays – this guy lays it right out there. I mean, all the stuff like he's the working on, on I don't face. know. I don't know and who – here's an um, important one. Here's an important one he has here too. History of cybernetics and system science. Exactly. There yes. it is. He's he's an he's got his fingers in all the pies. That's why I was looking at this. So I got I got to this because you had pointed me uh, toward um, that that secondary uh, project, right? Um, the human the, uh, cognome project. Exactly the cognome project. And so the, he's the guy who actually drafted that. I got to look a little deeper into him, and this is where I came up and found this document. Uh, again, it's interactive. You can click on it, um, but he's in every single one of these pies, uh, all the places that we talk about over and over from history of cybernetics, the Carnegie Trust. Carnegie he's got, Trust, the, again, the avian flu pandemic. Uh, he's looking Thank into you trust Carnegie. Discriminant uh -huh. Force so, Project. Oh, boy. Yes. Yeah, he's he's right there in every every bit of it, including <laughs> map generation, um, using basically info murals, beginning with the meme, <laughs> so uh, and creating social messes. How basically how to use uh, social disorder to get what you want, and creating the problem to get the Hegelian dialectic, the problem reaction solution, uh, and of course at the lower far lower left is the human uh, cognome initiative uh, from the National Science Foundation. So this guy, uh, again, you can take a look at his CV, his bio, all the stuff there. Uh, but it is, uh, it's fascinating. And um, again, this is just one contributor uh, to that other document. But you can see his areas of work. Um, he is <laughs> right there in everything that, that we talk about pretty much every episode. Uh, this guy, we, we could spend you know weeks just looking at each, <laughs> each one of his areas of expertise. And this is what he's getting into. But who um, is he? But again... Dude, who is he? Like, why the hell is he uh, pulling so many strings on the on the world map here? Well, again, he's um, his background. Basically, he was at Harvard, Columbia, and Sheffield uh, University. Is a um, basically he taught in uh, language and information. Uh, but you know, he's uh, he considers himself an interdisciplinary guy. Uh, but working with artificial intelligence, um, cognition, uh, neuroscience, that sort of stuff, and then um, he became vice president of the Meridian International Institute on Government's Leadership, Learning, and the Future. And again, that's a government policy think tank. So. so he He's, uh, he's one of the social engineers. Let's keep it simple. Yes. He, he's yeah. a social okay. engineer. Definitely. That's pretty much what he does. And again, that, that infographic uh, at his own page um, clearly points that out. I mean, the, it's a basically, here's a, a meme <laughs> that he put up himself. It's a clickable <laughs> meme. Of, here's uh, a meme, uh, uh, everyone. Here's Look a meme, at this. Here's a meme of, of Mimi. No, I don't think he is a limey, Eric. I think he, he is, uh, again, he did teach at Sheffield, but he is uh, primarily based in the United States. Uh, I haven't heard him speak, uh, but again, he's covering all the bases of social engineering uh, and simulation and game theory. I mean, he's he's running, this is the guy running these um, this stuff. So anyway, um, I just thought I'd point this out and, and drop that link in the chat again. I'll, I'll throw it up here again if you want to play with it on your own uh, and take a look. You can see uh, exactly... Um, what uh, what's going on? And this is the one guy. I just found it fascinating that they uh, he was one of the authors of that of that document that we've been covering, uh, and yet uh, they called him R. Horning instead of uh, his, by his actual name, which was Robert Horn. But he's you know again clearly a um, a policy guy uh, making the stuff. I mean he's like a one man Tavistock. Well, they are horning us, I guess. Well, I'm, <laughs> yeah. sure, I'm sure they buy him as hard liquor. <laughs> that's, that's what's for sure. going on. 
Robert E. Horn, very horny, I guess. He's, uh, yeah. So there you go. Oh uh, anyway, uh, just wanted to kind of point out, this is one of the contributors uh, to that to the document that we've been going over and uh, everything that he's into. And that's the that's one guy. Hey, doesn't the book of Revelation mention something about horns? I don't know. It does. Yeah, I, I've, I've read that. <laughs> that does happen. <laughs> And uh, but if you guys um, uh, again, we don't probably have time to go through all of it. Although this is the next place, if Jason was going to read on, is uh, page seven strategies for transformation. That's what I was just looking uh, at because again, yeah, this is where they kind of get into uh, how to do it. And you got to you got to sort of again read between the lines as I did previously. There's a lot of word salad uh, in here, but it becomes very clear. It's um, it, it is uh, very thinly veiled. Again, for those who have eyes to see, and if you know the words and what you're looking for, uh, you can lay, you can very clearly see what they're headed for. Oh, Yo. let's not skip over the little uh, figure two up there, though, on the previous page from that, though. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the vision of the world is a distributed, interconnected brain with various architectural levels, which can empower individuals with access, instant access to collect, collabor collective and collaborative learning while safeguarding privacy. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> sure they will. <laughs> yeah. You mean collect all the data for yourself? Right. It's an enhancement to the productivity and independence of individuals, giving them greater opportunities to achieve personal goals. Bullshit. Um, yeah. Again, it's a it's a lie. Uh, but but it, it's funny. Again, if you if you look at it um, in the way that they couch it, uh, it, it doesn't even come off that way. Right. When, when uh, it, it's like they added those words as an afterthought, just in case anybody got their hands on the document. <laughs> right. You go, no, we mean well. No, <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> we just sit around sipping tea, I'm really. Uh, that's hey, like, I, hey. I hate cocaine. I just like the smell. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, yeah, but what do you do with your extra cocaine? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> You knew right where I was going, Troy. Yeah, I'm sorry. That <laughs> you were was there before I got there, man. That pinata oh, was yeah. waiting to be hit. And, <laughs> I know it. <laughs> and, anyhow, dude's are on me. I gotta go to bed, man. I got a video half made here, and I'm a bit right. fuzzy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna punch <laughs> out and get up in the morning. Think about my extra cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you've got extra the cocaine, what cocaine. the hell do you need to go to bed for? <laughs> that's Peruvian marching powder, man. Come that's on. Double oxymoron there. <laughs> I'm hold on yeah. to my ex extra cocaine and go to bed now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Only Balti gets it. Drug, drug humor. <laughs> 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 All that extra cocaine I got. Decent <laughs> <laughs> to know why that's funny. <laughs> Which I guess we're of an age, Crow. I don't know, man. <laughs> Maybe it comes from the touring industry and the music yeah. uh, maybe maybe that's it yeah. uh, oh boy <laughs> everyone in the chat room <laughs> <laughs> oh man why is it funny to expect for cocaine <laughs> why is that funny because there's never any extra cocaine <laughs> no alright okay. see you guys All right. good night Crow yeah, have a good one man uh, grow. All right. Oh, it's always great, man. He always cracks me up. You're still sniffing over there with your <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> what? <laughs> I got a gobber working. Hang on. <clears throat> now, if we really want to break Baldini, we just need to bring up that whole perspective thing again.
Oh my god, don't even start, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use a magnifying glass. <laughs> no, you're not. No, <laughs> no just Yeah, just go stop. burn some ants or something. You <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um where, where were we? So, <laughs> so let's get down to strategies for transformation. Yeah. Science and engineering, as well as societal activities, are expected to change, regardless of whether there are policies to guide or promote such changes. To influence and accelerate changes in the most beneficial directions, it is not enough to wait patiently while scientists and engineers do their traditional work. Rather, the full advantages of NBIC developments may be achieved by making special efforts to break down barriers between fields and to develop the new intellectual and physical resources that are needed. The workshop identified the following general strategies for achieving convergence. All right, so we got a bunch of these. Let's see. Shall we look through these and see what's the most uh, – here, buddy, and you like doing this. Go ahead and pick and choose at <laughs> your will. Well, all right. The strategies for, for transformation. Uh, I mean, just quickly, they're going to uh, prepare key organizations and social activities. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what more do you got to say there, right? They're just going to um, – BLM. Social activities. Yeah, we're going to uh, basically program you. Activities must be enhanced that accelerate convergence of technologies SJW. for improving human – yeah, improving human performance, not. But in uh, nanoscale, uh, developing interfaces among science and technology is a holistic approach uh, to monitor the resultant societal evolution. So there you go. That's uh, widespread surveillance and game theory uh, with simulation. Education and training at all levels should use converging technologies uh, to prepare people. So again, what they're, they're just kind of, you know, give them an iPad and dumb them down and just uh, let them uh, learn Dunning-Kruger. Uh, from an iPad. Uh, experimentation with innovative ideas to focus and motivate uh, people. Uh, a high visibility annual event compare, you know, com comparable to the sports uh, Olympics. Uh, again, um, th this is the sort of um, thing that they do. They, they call it um, integration, right? And so they're basically top-down integration. Uh, it's uh, in here, uh, letter M. It's necessary to accelerate uh, accelerate developments in medical technology and healthcare uh, in order to obtain maximum benefit. Uh, so again, but you combine this. Keep in mind what um, what our buddy Horn uh, was doing, and he was specifically working in 2000. Too, uh, because uh, that the, the document that that links to in terms of the avian flu again is in 2002. Uh, they were preparing for a pandemic then, and you remember there was a big uh, bugaboo about the you know they did swine flu, uh, then they did um, avian flu, then they did Zika, Ebola, all this sort of H1 stuff. They've been preparing for this. Yeah, they've been preparing for this for some time. It's not. It's not. It shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. I mean, two years ago, Fauci said uh, absolutely um, that uh, Trump would be uh, in the in a quagmire of a pandemic. Well, we haven't had a pandemic for a hundred years, so how would he know that? Right. Again, there is so much evidence of, of prior knowledge. It's not even funny. Uh, and yet, uh, if you bring it up, they, you know, again, call you crazy and a conspiracy theorist. And yet there is in black and white. In fact, uh, Forbes magazine now has so many articles about it and and how, um, you, you know, billionaires just raped the economy uh, trillions of dollars that they uh, sucked right out of the economy. And keep in mind that as much as they trash the economy, uh, the only ones that really got damaged are small mom and pops. Mostly uh, the multinational corporations. They did really well. 
Uh, in fact, most of the big corporations um, around here in Seattle, as soon as this um, became a thing and there was this, you know, announced to be a pandemic, they were all were hiring uh, right away. It was only the mom and pops that got shut down uh, and, and now are going bankrupt. So it becomes very clear this is exactly what happened uh, before um, the Wall Street crash of the 1920s um, is that, the you know, they did a margin call and crashed the economy and everybody who didn't have deep pockets was done. Uh, and only the people with the deepest pockets um, came out like bandits because then everybody uh, defaults on their loans and they come in and buy it for pennies on the dollar. It's exactly what we're going to see uh, probably in the coming months. I mean, they already have a coin shortage now that's being uh, imposed. Uh, so if that's not a clue that they're going Madness, for, uh, and they're and they're yeah. Exactly. They're absolutely going for uh, a digital currency. And they've got a, you know, a three angled approach as they usually do uh, that. Uh, again, they've got a coin shortage uh, that the that <clears throat> the beer bug can stick on dollar bills. <laughs> well, cocaine does <laughs> all that leftover cocaine you got. <laughs> it's what are you going to buy your cocaine with when it goes <laughs> digital, when the currency goes digital? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> do you need a straw, sir? No, I got a dollar. I'm good. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like some Coke. We only have Pepsi products. Sure, give me one of those and some Coke. No, um, just give me something that sugar just, in it. <laughs> well, there was a girl I was dating in LA, and she kept snorting sweet and low because she thought it was Diet Coke. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that. But Crazy time. Not very bright. She was blonde. I, well, anyway, that does um, it does happen. It's true. Uh, anyway, so yeah, if you go, um, I, I just encourage everybody uh, to uh, take a look at this document that uh, Jason dropped in the chat. Read it for yourself, and uh, do again, uh, use your own eyes and go through, um, go through what you can see. Kind of take a highlighter if you want to, and go through uh, those words. Right, uh, the the word Renaissance uh, shows up over and over again. Uh, they constantly refer to the Roman Empire uh, as well as Greek. Uh, they talk about mythology. Uh, in numerous places, um, they use a lot of metaphor and illusion here. Uh, but it, it again uh, becomes very clear that there is sort of, a, again, it's very thinly veiled. Uh, over and over, they talk about how um, they're going to include, you know, this is for the betterment of mankind. And, and you know, you just expect them to say, not. <laughs> Right. I mean, it becomes very clear uh, that that's not at all. The only ones going to benefit from this uh, are those at the top. They they pretty much clearly say that they're going to uh, they need to manage and control society in order to roll this out without getting blowback. If we jump down here to general comments, this is definitely uh, entertaining. There should be specific partnerships among high technology agencies and university researchers in areas such as spaceflight where a good foundation for cutting-edge technological convergence already exists. But in a range of other areas, it will be necessary to build scientific communities and research projects nearly from scratch. SpaceX. It could be important to launch a small number of well-financed and well-designed demonstration projects to promote technological convergence in a variety of currently low-technology areas, like reusable rockets. <laughs> See, look at that. Oh, go figure. This is mm. long before SpaceX was even dreamt about uh, by people. Before uh, you and actually, really it might heard even of be Musk, before huh? Virgin Galactic. Yeah, it might even yeah. be before Virgin Galactic even tried their thing. I think thing. so. Because, uh, you know, Jason, space is hard, as you may or may not know, Jason. Space is hard. It's really, <laughs> it's really hard, man. Yeah. So, uh, again, and then if you'll, you'll notice they keep coming back to um, you know, on like page 13, uh, national security, again, is highlighted. They keep throwing these things out there. Um, 
So uh, key visionary ideas, is that what you're looking at there on uh, page 14, Jason? Is that where you're at? Or? Oh, no, no, he's... I was you're, right under the last ahead. section, but that's all right. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I'll jump ahead. All right. Go so ahead. enhancing group... Uh, they're, they're... Go ahead. Yeah, this is one we should probably touch on. Enhancing group and societal outcomes. This group of workshop participants examined the implications of technological convergence for human social behavior, social cognition, interpersonal relations, group processes, the use of language, learning in formal and informal settings, and the psychological correlates of social behavior. Oh, you mean Facebook. A wide range of likely benefits to communities and the nation as a whole has been identified, and a specific vision has been proposed of how these could be achieved through a focused research effort to develop a system this group called The Communicator. This NBIC technology would remove barriers to communication caused by disabilities, language differences, geographic distance, and variations in knowledge, thus greatly enhancing the effectiveness of cooperation in schools, corporations, governmental agencies, and across the world. Converging technologies will lead to revolutionary new industries, products, and services based on the synergism and integration of biology, information, and cognitive sciences from the nanoscale. Hmm. Social media? Hmm, there you go. Mm-hmm. The communicator system? Could this be the social media? Uh, and this was 2002. So yeah. I, I don't think, uh, you know, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have anything of the sort. I don't think MySpace was even point. out yet, was it? No, I, I don't no. think so. No. This was still the early days when you I think had it, the uh, I don't even the think internet was a boards thing. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think Friendster was the thing yet. Uh, barely Napster was was going on. Um, so uh, when that section is done, I know they're coming to the top of the next hour. I wanted to get to Table Two uh, on page fourteen, uh, which is the key visionary ideas, because again, uh, they bury some in here, but it is, I mean, it's laid right out there. Um, w- when you're ready for that, we'll take a. Uh, yeah, go ahead because make sure, uh, after that, I, I want to make sure do... and hit a couple of these points here. Um, so they've got basically several themes here with um, overall po- uh, potential expanding uh, human cognition, that sort of stuff. Uh, but here are the really the highlights: the new patterns uh, for economy and society, <clears throat> sustainable and intelligent environmentalists. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, changing human activities uh, towards the innovation age, human cognome project. We talked about that with brain-to-brain interactions and group communication a hive mind, uh, predictive science of societal behavior. Hello. Uh, we have brain to machine interfaces and neuromorphing engineering. Uh, huh? Uh, we have, um, well, what was the other one here? Oh, a network society with bio inspired culture. Uh, we have, uh, globally linked detection devices, <clears throat> uninhabited combat vehicles, uh, co- cognitive, civic, and ethical changes in a networked society, uh, and changing the human culture is the finest, uh, the final point. Um, I don't think you could get more clear than that, really, what the intention here is. Right. Cognitive, uh, civic, and ethical changes in networked society. There's your social media again. Boom. That's exactly what it's all about. But it covers it covers all of it, right? I mean, it just it really does. It really does grab the the whole gamut. Uh, since uh, <laughs> since Cammy's here, she she knows that word. Uh, it runs the the entire gamut, right, of uh, changing society to accept it uh, and then implementing their change. 
uh, all the way across, including the uh, brain-to-brain and brain-to-machine uh, connections and with basically a hive mind uh, with um, detection devices that's surveillance. It's it's worldwide surveillance. It's entirely linked, and this is exactly what they have in mind. Again, they, keep, they continue to couch it as a good thing and for the advancement uh, of mankind generally, uh, but when you if you take any of those things and run it out to um, its its end, right? If you just walk, go through its logical conclusion, uh, you can tell that um, that is not at all what they have in mind. No, not at all. It's the complete opposite. In fact, <laughs> let's get that's, down that's here like to, so many uh, of these things. Let's get down here to future prospects because this is always interesting. Nanotechnology, biotechnology, and information technology are moving closer together, following an accelerated path of unparalleled breakthroughs. Their focus on human dimensions is still emerging, but promises to dominate the next decades. Despite efforts of workshop organizers, given the breadth of the topic, it was impossible to recruit leading experts in all the areas where the convergence of NBIC technologies are likely to have significant impacts in 10 to 20 years. In addition, work has really not begun in some of the key application areas, and new areas are likely to emerge that have not yet attracted the attention of many scientists and engineers. Thus, the section below presents the following admittedly, admittedly speculative additional ideas on how technological convergence may transform human abilities two decades, which is now, and more in the future. Many of the ideas that follow emerged during the workshop and others were suggested in discussions with participants afterwards. And there are several interesting sounding notions here. Work efficiency, the human body and mind throughout the life cycle, communication and education, mental health, aeronautics and spaceflight, food and farming, Sustainable and intelligent environments. Self-presentation and fashion. Transformation of civilization. Boom. Let's take that one. The profound changes... If you... I was going to say, if you look at the aeronautics and space flight, it's hilarious. Oh, Um, sure. We don't have to read it now. Let's let's, let's do that. No, no, let's, let's let's have a laugh. NBIC synergies could greatly expand capabilities for piloted adaptive aircraft unmanned aircraft and human spaceflight. Well, the first one sounds like drones to me. Got to have something to drop bombs with, right? Nanostructured materials and advanced electronics have the promise of reducing the weight of spacecraft by three quarters in the next 10 to 20 years. Specific subsystems for human spaceflight may also be revolutionized by the same combination of technologies. For example, durable but light and self-repairing spacesuits. High-performance electronics hey, with low we demands. Just get new spacesuits? Yeah, they're pretty cute. High-performance electronics sexy, baby. Yeah. with low demands for electric power and low-cut, uh, excuse me, and low-cost but high-value, large orbiting structure. None of this has happened. We only have one freaking thing hypothetically it. up there. And it's the next, right, and it's the next sentence that will just, no, it'll get you the Here we go. It, if the problems of orbital launch costs and efficient subsystems can be solved, then human society can effectively exploit Earth orbital space, the moon, asteroids, and the planet Mars. Several participants in the workshop noted the potential for intelligent machines of the future to take on progressively more human characteristics. Oh. So we can well imagine that the first pioneers that take humanity, quote unquote, far into space will be descendants of Pathfinder and the Voyagers that will be endowed with intelligence and communication capabilities reflecting human behavior. So you're talking about AI. 
Yes, and of course, if you just take the word cost out, if the problems of orbital launch can be solved. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, again, all the other stuff has happened, but uh, why do they keep kicking this decan down the road? We're going back to the moon in 2045, and then we're going to go to M Mars sometime. Uh, everything else has happened but this, we keep going backwards. So just wanted to point that out, how uh, hilarious uh, th that is. So, yeah, you can go ahead. They and... did make some fancy new spacesuits, though. And the they were sexy, guy. baby. And, sexy and they, and they sexy use baby. they use touchscreens now. It's kind of nice. Mm. Mm -hmm. But I think you, you, you can't miss the... Uh, flip switches that they had in this, the uh, Apollo program. Oh, it's <laughs> But you, you can't miss the, the, the good stuff in um, self-preservation or self-presentation in fashion and trans transformation of civilization. Again, they very clearly tell you uh, what they uh, uh, what they wanted to do. And uh, yes, informally, if I, I see you, I'm going to put out another little uh, pitch before we, we finish the, the show. Um, Sorry, I was responding to chat there. Informally Hip, uh, who is a big supporter of uh, all our uh, streams. She's great. Uh, is, uh, yeah, she um, she's. Get, got her phone messed up, and so um, I started uh, <clears throat> earlier in another stream with uh, Cami. Uh, I found out about her phone, so we started a, a little uh, fund oh, yeah, raising yeah, effort, yeah. effort for that. Plug, so plug, plug that. Wanna, plug that, please. Okay, yeah. If you guys, um, if you guys want to pitch in a couple of bucks, uh, everybody uh, so far has been really kind and generous, and um, I'll just put. Uh, you can hit me with uh, PayPal and just put her name on it. So it's uh, PayPal dot me slash. Great Baldini. Um, hit me there. Just put um, what I put uh, hip chick. That's it. Uh, hip chick phone. Um, just put that in the uh, in the comments and then everything that we get will go for getting uh, her a new phone uh, because she she's a, a great supporter of the shows and uh, she keeps uh, uh, posting uh, everybody's streams on uh, social media. She's here to uh, in all the streams and uh, moderates. She's awesome. So uh, we're, we're going to take care of you, girl. We'll, we'll get you a phone. Yeah, let's get her a phone. <laughs> So there you go. Anyway, that, go that's my it. that's my plug. You got a couple make... bucks to pitch in, folks. Go ahead, pitch in a couple bucks. And uh, get nice everything that I get for that will go uh, for her phone. And if there's any extra, we'll send that along to her as well. So cool. There you go. Anyway, so I think thank you for letting me pitch that out there. But uh, oh, of course, I, I love Don. She's great. She's she's she always so awesome. supportive of everything we do. Every single one of us. That's awesome. That's 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 something you can't buy. That's just. You know, that that's is. loyalty. Thank you, Don. You you do an awful lot for all of us, and we do appreciate it. Yeah, we do. And I just wanted to, to show that as soon as I found out that um, she was in need, it's like, come on, we can we can get a phone, man. <laughs> I mean, technology is uh, it, it. We can get it, so it's done, and we'll we'll get you going. All right, let's hit the last point here that I would like to touch on before we sign off for the evening, which is transformation of civilization. <laughs> The profound changes of the next two decades may be nothing compared to the utter transformation that may take place in the remainder of the 21st century. Processes both of decentralization and integration would render society ever more complex, resulting in a new dynamic social architecture. There would be entirely new patterns in manufacturing, the economy, education, and military conflict. People may possess what? entirely new capabilities for relations with each other, with machines, and with the institutions of civilization. In some areas of human life, old customs and ethics will persist, but it is difficult to predict which realms of action and experience these will be. 
Perhaps wholly new ethical principles will govern in areas of radical technological advance, such as the acceptance of brain implants, the role of robots in human society, and the ambiguity of death in an era of increasing experimentation with cloning. Human identity and dignity must be preserved in the same way in which machines were built to surpass to surpass human physical powers in the Industrial Revolution, computers can surpass human memory and computational speed for intended actions. The ultimate control will remain with humans and human society. With proper attention to safeguards, ethical issues, and societal needs, quality of life could increase significantly. And not for the, not for the masses, though. New professions for humans and new roles for machines may arise to mediate between all this complexity and the individual person. Art, music, and literature may attain new levels of subtlety and sophistication, enhancing the mental qualities of life and the innate human appreciation for beauty. Huh. Okay. That was a mouthful, but uh, let's take a, uh, a peek. Uh, processes both of decentralization and integration would render society ever more complex, resulting in new dynamic social architecture. There's blockchain, folks. That's what that's talking about, decentralization and integration. Uh, And here you go. And it's absolutely correct in saying there would be entirely new patterns in manufacturing, the economy, education, and military conflict. Because uh, when you're talking about a blockchain utility, this is more than just money or interaction. I mean, you, you could tie the whole social credit rating, uh, the so- social credit score right to this, the, the whole nine yards, all of that stuff that we've talked about before. Uh, if that's uh, put together on a blockchain utility, your social credit t- ties directly to your bank account. And, you know, then that being the case, that could totally affect every aspect of your life. And that's kind of what they're leaning towards here with this right now. So, you know, it will completely change the way that we interact in our relations with each other. Think about that. And there it is, spelled out in black and white in this 2002 paper, long before blockchain was ever thought about as an actual thing. Yep. And uh, if you, again, if you download that document that uh, Jason just posted again, uh, Converging Technologies, um, there's a table three um, on page 19. Again, this this is a fairly lengthy document. Uh, but on page 19, there's a table three, history of some significant augmentation to human performance. Uh, they begin with, uh, you know, minus million years, uh, cell, body, and brain development. Uh, and then they go old stone age, right? And they go through this stuff until they come up to universities and printing how many generations it took uh, to do that. Uh, and then the very last one, as they uh, go through the microbiology and the internet, uh, that's a minus one generation from this document, uh, half generation away from unifying science and converging technologies, one generation away from converging technologies to reorganize society. And then in, uh, they don't know when, but the ultimate goal, this is the last item on there, evolution, transcending human cell, body, and brain. It is the ultimate um, <laughs> Wayne, what do you want to call that? The alchemical tech revolution? I've heard that. Sounds probably about right. What's the word we we use for that? Uh, Yeah. Trans trans something or another. Trans something or other. So the ultimate... Yeah, something or other. It's the ultimate goal of this document. Some letter with a plus sign. 
yeah, H plus something. I don't know something like that. Uh, but it is the ultimate goal of this um, of this document. Uh, they lay it out very clearly. So again, I um, I, I really hope um, uh, I, I really hope that uh, you take a look at this and read it for yourself. Like we always say, don't don't trust us. Uh, we've been reading this document, you know. But uh, take a look at it yourself, and um, and you can really. Um, you know, again, uh, see if you if you take a look at it and really put your eyes on, use some discernment and see what they're telling you. Uh, it, it's um, again, I don't want to say you know scary. I saw a couple of people say in the in the chat that it was uh, very dark. Yeah, that's their plans, right? But but uh, forewar- foreknowledge is forewarned, right? Uh, and information is power. Uh, once you know it, again, it's very easy now to backtrack and see where they've come, and you can see what their plans are. They definitely are going for um, this transhumanist uh, agenda. It is uh, couldn't be more clear. All right. Absolutely. That's going to do it for us. Anybody have any final thoughts you want to get out? I, I like bacon. I've heard that. I think Just there's a white paper on it. Know, so. Yeah, speaking of poppycock, um, yeah, let's see. Uh, again, mo- most of their plans, again, po- poppycock. Uh, everybody says, well, what can we do? Uh, again, my take is um, stay true to yourself. Uh, get you know close to those you love. Live from a place of love and get close to nature and your creator. And um, you'll uh, that breaks their algorithm, right? They're just, they're just not planning on that. Uh, to me, the opposite of, of love is not hate, but it is fear. Uh, and so if they're, uh, everything is fear porn now, you can't turn on the news without seeing uh, fear and and they're just not they're not programmed for love they just uh, they, they're not programmed to receive that uh, so if you can uh, live from that place I think um, that is our best chance at messing up their system and uh, screwing up the algorithm and uh, so it's stuff like uh, stuff like that again and uh, uh, for example donating to uh, uh, informally hip and getting Donna phone that's the kind of thing again they're just not <laughs> They're not planning on. And if you want more poppycock, join uh, the lovely Rose Triple Seven and I uh, tomorrow morning as we are every Tuesday and Thursday morning, 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern for the Poppycock Report on Rose Triple Seven channel. There you go. And if you happen to want to get on the bullet train that is going to be tomorrow's episode of Crow Triple Seven Radio, it's going to be quite a ride. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. I'm, I'm down with that, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. It's going to be crazy. But anyway, thanks for everybody for being here. I think we had a couple of hundred people as, as we usually do, which is awesome. I'd love to get it into the thousands, but I nah, it's wishful thinking, isn't it? More minds we the We want better. the right people. We want the right people. We here, do want the right people. Yeah. I, I want to reach the, 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 the right minds to, to help... Oh, I think they can enlighten themselves, but help with their education because this is what we do and we love doing it. So anyway, that's it. Thanks guys for being here. Take care.
Thank you. 